In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about how to measure up, so stick around and stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday Sermon. With me today is Pastor James. Uh, I feel like the more and more that like I let my beard grow out, we look similar. We're getting closer. Yeah, more yeah. and more people are mistaking us. <laughs> oh, I thought you were James, you know. I feel like we should change the name of our show to Bald, Bearded, and Biblical. <laughs> Something like that. But uh, anyways, thanks for being... It's your daily uh, dose of B3. That's right. right. Oh, <laughs> come on now. We're going to go viral, and it's going to be awesome. Anyways... But we digress, so thanks again for <laughs> taking yeah. some time to, to jump into your sermon. Uh, if you're new uh, and you haven't watched uh, the sermon, you can do so right here on our YouTube uh, channel. And this past Sunday was um, Palm Sunday, or as we call it, Friendship Sunday. Yeah. And that's just a time that, that we as a church have really committed to um, celebrating fellowship mm-hmm. and, and kind of the relationships that we have because uh, we belong to Jesus. Because, yeah. you know, as the Bible says, um, our our community mm-hmm. is, is much like a family. Uh, and so we wanted to make a big deal of, about that in addition to celebrating Jesus. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what uh, yesterday, well, at the time of recording this, it was yesterday, but yeah. your sermon was about. And so um, it was a great day. As uh, If you're watching and not listening, you can tell by the color of James and I's skin that we both got a little bit of sun because <laughs> we have a big picnic after after our 11 a.m. service. So we spent a lot of time out in the sunshine, but it, it was a great day. So always a fun service. So uh, in your sermon, you talked about the story of Zacchaeus. Yeah. And, and you know, if you've been around the church at all, you know, or maybe as a kid, you heard the story of Zacchaeus, or maybe you sang the song, you know, Zacchaeus yeah. was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he? Anyways, I don't think we should... We're gonna, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll spare our I, listeners. I digress. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you talked about Zacchaeus and kind of the significance of of that and some of the details that, that are recorded in Luke mm-hmm. and, and why some of those details are specific. You know, Luke records that he was a man small in stature and how that yeah. was significant and... Um, what his role or his standing in the society at that time would have been because uh, even though he was a Jew, he was working for the Romans, and Mm -hmm. so his own people didn't accept him. And at the same time, even though he was working for the Romans, he was a Jew, so the Romans didn't really accept him. So Mm. uh, very interesting uh, social dynamics that kind of played into um, the the character of of Zacchaeus Mm -hmm. and how um, he sort of was trying everything he could think of on his own to measure up, you know, and, and yeah. there's, there's no pun intended. I mean, not only was he <laughs> small in stature, he was also kind of feeling, I would imagine, an outcast yeah. um, alone. And so he was doing everything he could to sort of measure up and, and, and make up for his insufficiencies. And so I thought it was a really uh, great sermon from the standpoint of it's taking a story that I, I would say most of us are even marginally familiar with mm-hmm. and kind of bringing out some of those truths um, that we just don't often talk about. I mean, we may not have yeah. often seen, so I thought it was a great <clears throat> job. So I want to, I, I kind of wanted to start, if someone who is watching this video or listening to this and they didn't listen to your sermon, 
can you help kind of connect the dots? You know, for for it being a Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. I think the the default assumption would be, oh, he's going to talk about the triumphal entry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Palm Sunday is all about. Typically, is is Jesus riding in on a donkey, people waving palm branches, laying down their coats, shouting Hosanna, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So, can you help for someone who's who's again listening to this or watching this and didn't hear your sermon? Help connect those dots. Why did you choose Zacchaeus, the story of Zacchaeus, instead of the triumphal entry? Yeah, you know, for us, we we obviously um, we we emphasize Palm Sunday every year. We we call it we we call it Friendship Sunday. Um, obviously, it is Palm Sunday, and we're we're still we start our service um, with the Palm Processional and things like that. But um, you know, I think that one of the things that um, I said it yesterday that Luke has always done is he he really gave us this beautiful picture of the humanity of Jesus. Yeah. And you know, as we as we emphasize this Sunday every year of like, hey, bring your friends and we want you to be a part of this. I think that showing like that humanity side of Jesus, the triumphal entry, a beautiful story. Absolutely. Like needs to be read, needs to be uh, looked at in people's life. But I feel like especially when we Oftentimes, when we come into situations like this, um, we we don't always see uh, Jesus. We don't always see God as this really approachable uh, mm-hmm. person. And I think that anytime we have a, a big Sunday like that, like one of the things that I want to do is is I want to convey to people just how approachable Jesus really is. Yeah. Um, and, and not just from that standpoint, I mentioned it yesterday, but I said, you know, we kind of come to that point where Zacchaeus was doing all of these things to try to see Jesus, but it was actually Jesus that ended up seeing him. Yeah. Um, and, and for anyone that has walked with Jesus for any period of time, um, we remember that experience. Yeah. Like it's, it's all of a sudden um, it comes to life and you're in your life. And, and if you're listening and, and you haven't had that experience, like, I want you to know, like, one of the coolest things about it is that as much as we think that we're the ones that are pursuing Christ, he's really the one that's always pursuing us. Yeah. And and so I think that the the story of Zacchaeus does such a beautiful job of capturing that. And it was it was just like, this was, this was like the last thing that happened almost before... Mm before that triumphal entry. Wow. And I think it's it's this beautiful transition, like right before Jesus goes into the Passion Week, yeah. like he is still, he is still emphasizing people. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think it's so easy, call it because of our culture, or maybe our, our past experience with church, or, or whatever the case might be. I think we're it's so easy for us to kind of fall into that religiosity. Is that a word? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a word. It, because of our religiosity, <laughs> um, that we typically kind of miss that personal connection, personal relationship yeah. with Jesus. And um, it's easy to forget. And you, this is one of the, the scriptures that you referenced on Sunday, is that um, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Yeah. And, you know, we've, uh, we've talked about this over the years is... is um, we often say, oh, I was looking for Jesus, or I yeah. found Jesus. Yeah. And really, the truth is, just like you said, no, oh, Jesus found me. Yeah. I just gave up. Yeah. I, I, just finally, <laughs> I just finally quit fighting. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that's, that's such a beautiful thing to remember. And it's funny that we have to say remember, because you think that at a certain mm. point, we would just automatically default to um, 
the personal relationship that we have with Jesus, and yet we often forget. And and like you said in your, ser- your sermon, we so often say, I, I need to clean myself up a little mm, bit first. Yeah. Let me try to get some things in order. And you kind of uh, mentioned it like uh, Jesus wanted to come over like he did with Zacchaeus yeah. to your house. Say, hold on, Jesus, let me go light a candle. Or yeah. let, me, let me, you know, shove some clean things in the, the closet or bit. under a yeah. bed, you know, and, and let me kind of clean things up. And that and Jesus is just saying, no, I want to be with you. I yeah. He already sees all that. He mm-hmm. already sees all of the all of the mess and all of the shortcomings yeah. um, in our hearts and in our lives. And he loves us the same, and he wants to make his home with us all the same. Now, he doesn't want to leave us there. Yeah. That's the important distinction, I think. But at the same time, he sees it all, and he loves us the same. Yeah, I, I think that that's, I, I think that's really where a lot of people struggle, is that they, they're they afraid that Jesus is going to discover the places of their life that are yeah. defiled. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, I don't want... I don't want Jesus to find out, or I don't want the Lord to see this part of me. And and the reality is, is that he's he's already very aware mm. of that. And so it, it should be one of those things that should kind of remove our inhibitions, sure. um, the, the things that keep us from coming to him. Um, but I find even in my own life, like there's this, oh, I, I, you know, I need to clean this up. Instead of just coming before the Lord and like, Lord, you know. You, you know where you know where I am. Paul Paul says it the best. You know he he confesses that he doesn't always do the things that he wants to yeah. do, and um, he does some of the things that he wishes he hadn't. And and then he says this, "Oh wretched man that I am." Yeah. But then he goes on, "Oh but oh but for the grace right. of of God." And and I think that when we begin to really um, when we really begin to lean into that, and that's that's really what the story of Zacchaeus is about. It's just, it's a story of of tremendous grace, like yeah. un unmerited favor and and you even see that amongst the amongst the crowd when when they see Jesus going with him and and they begin to murmur mm-hmm. um and grace is really it's it's really beautiful um on paper yep <laughs> it's it's much more complicated in practice it gets messy. and so it does yeah. and and i think that when you see Jesus acting on grace, like that's what the people struggled with. They didn't. They didn't struggle with the idea that Jesus would give grace. They struggled when he actually did it, mm-hmm, because they're looking mm-hmm. at it and they're going, "This guy's not worthy of it." Well, that's the definition, like yeah. unmerited, yep. undeserved yep. Uh, favor. And so, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful story. I love the story of it. Yeah, and I think that's why we often refer to it as the scandal of grace. Mm, yeah. You know, it is yeah. kind of the scandalous thing that uh, here is God. Uh, pure, undefiled by sin, giving that free yeah. grace. Obviously, it, it it didn't come free. It cost yeah. it cost a life, uh, but he gives it so freely. And yeah. and I think, kind of like you said in your sermon, we're afraid uh, that Jesus is going to be somehow uh, scared or opposed to enter the the kind of the defiled places mm. of our lives. Yeah, um, and you know. For, at the time, for Jesus to even go into Zacchaeus's house would have meant he would have been ceremonially uh, defiled, and yet mm-hmm. Jesus didn't show any fear of that, yeah. and he went anyways. And that's, I, I would hope, be encouraging to all of us to say, like, even the, even the parts of our of our hearts, our lives, our minds that we feel so ashamed of or so defiled by, Jesus is not threatened or afraid or um, thrown off by those yeah. places. He's he's still wants to go into those places and make his dwelling and transform us and renew us. And I think just like you pointed out, restore 
the original identity that God mm. gave to us. Yeah. Um, it, it, again, it's not to leave us in that place of defilement. It's yeah. to restore that that um, identity. And, and you know, you said Zacchaeus' his name meant pure. Yeah, and, innocent, and innocent, righteous. Yeah, all of the things he was not. Yeah, and I'm sure that we, from time to time, don't feel. I don't feel pure. I don't feel yeah. righteous. I don't feel undefiled or, or whatever. And and yet Jesus says, "No, I know who I made you to be, yeah. and I want to restore you to that identity." Yeah. So yeah. In as you were preparing for this sermon, was there anything that really stood out to you above everything else? Well, I, I think that a couple things. You just hit on one. Um, you know, any any time Jesus calls someone by by their name, yeah. You know, there's a there's a significance to that, and I've I I I spent a lot of time just thinking about that of what it must have been like. Um, I think the way I said it yesterday was, I wonder when it was when when the last time was that someone said his name mm. with 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 affection, yeah. And and I think that the like even in the church when we when we tell the story of Zacchaeus that was one of the things that's always really stood out to me is like growing up the way that we learn the little song and all of the little hand motions that go with it is is Jesus is kind of lecturing and mm. pointing at Zacchaeus you know now Zacchaeus. you you Zacchaeus come down and and yet that's not that's not what we really see in that mm. moment i mean we see this very intentional, very affectionate Savior who is desiring to be in relationship with, yeah. with, this, with this man who is living counter mm-hmm. to who he is, yeah. you know. And, and then the, the other part um, was Luke's description. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I found it very interesting that Luke first described him in such a way that would that would highlight the things that this world values, and then he described his brokenness. Hmm. And and I think that that's oftentimes I think that we put out in front of us hmm. a lot of times the things that we think other people will see us as being valuable, yeah. and then we kind of hide our brokenness behind that. And, and Luke says, I mean, he, he obviously talks about what he does, which, I mean, how many of us define ourselves by what we do? Sure. Um, and, then he, and then he makes a point to say, you know, this, this guy was wealthy, you know, and, and how, how much emphasis in, in this world today do we put on influence and wealth? And, and oftentimes we, we never even see a person's brokenness because all we can see is, well, they're really influential or they're really wealthy and we just assume like that's enough but the very very first thing that happens when jesus um or when zacchaeus encounters jesus is he like starts to just shed yeah all of those things that that would have been that would have been significant to a person during that time yeah you know going back to your the first thing that you mentioned you know zacchaeus's name it, it makes me think I wonder if Zacchaeus's parents just liked that name, hmm. but didn't think much more of it. And yet, God was so intentional and knew, no, I've got a purpose for this, and I'm, you know, this is the name that I want for yeah. this for this man to have because it's going to show part of my 
part of my glory, part of my plan, part of my love, part of my character. Um, it's part of the story, and, and it just kind of speaks to me that God is always intentional. Yeah. When, when we are feeling lost or confused or God, why am I this way? God, what's going on in life? Like God was always intentional. God doesn't yeah. make mistakes, even when with something like our names. Yeah. And you know, we have that kind of. Um, uh, I don't want to call it a churchy phrase um, because it's truth, but we say it a lot. Where you know, God knows your name, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we kind of like gloss over that because it's like I know your name is James. Yeah, I, you know, God knows your name is James, but. It, it's so much more than just, oh, I know what that person's name yeah. is. I know who that person is. Yeah. I know who I made that to be, and and God sees us for all of it. And um, you kind of mentioned this uh, in your sermon. I've heard another uh, uh, preacher kind of talk about this. God is the God of our of our successes as well as our failures and mm. shortcomings. Yeah. And 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 that that preacher kind of. Uh, drew the parallel of uh, whenever God says, I'm the God of Jacob. And it's like, well, why didn't, you know, God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Why didn't mm-hmm. he always say, I'm the God of Israel? He says sometimes, yeah. uh, he refers to himself, I'm the God of Jacob. And it's like, well, I am the God of all of it. Mm. You know, I'm over all of it. I yeah. see all of it. And I and I love you the same. And kind of just going back to that. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. And yeah, seeing Luke have some of those very specific details mm-hmm. where he doesn't record details about other things. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a reminder for all of us as we as we read these passages to not just gloss over and read past some of these things. And, and again, to remember the intentionality of both God and the writers. Yeah. Um, that these little details aren't like, oh, I just happened to remember this, or I happen to remember that, or yeah. I, you know, I forgot this, so well, I just and, didn't include and, it. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of Scripture, is that, you know, that these things are spirit-inspired, spirit, spirit inspired. and that's yeah. what Jesus says, that the, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance yeah. um, these things. And so when we read these words, like these, these are not, these are not words that were just written by a man. These are words that were, that were written by men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, yeah. and so there's so much value. Like, the question of why, like, why... Mm-hmm. Why did he describe it that way? Uh, leads to just these beautiful yeah. discoveries, and it, it kind of makes me laugh because anytime I'm retelling a story to my wife, uh-huh. <laughs> I always leave out a lot of details, and she's like, "Well, well, what else happened? Uh, well, well, that I, was important. I, Why I don't didn't know. You say that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Why did you think about this? Well, tell me more." Yeah, it just happens. So it's like Holy Spirit, can you help me remember some of these <laughs> <That's> details <right>. <laughs> more often? <laughs> well, and I, I do. I mean, I think that's that's part of the beauty. Now, not all of these stories are in, are in all of the Gospels, but sure. a lot of what a lot of about Jesus's life. You know, I think it's that's one of the beauties of having four different four different versions yeah. of of the same events. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, and um, you know, this one is is pretty unique to Luke, but yeah. uh, beautiful story. Absolutely, yeah. uh, and just kind of wrapping up. Um, if it's kind of a two-part question, what are some of the common responses to seeing our own shortcomings? How do we how do we typically like if I'm aware of an insufficiency in my mm. life? What are some of the typical responses? And then the second part is how do we begin to change those responses to biblical ones? How do we yeah. begin to have a biblical response to our own maybe failures or shortcomings? You know, you kind of mentioned. Um, you know, maybe maybe someone's really successful in business, 
but their shortcoming is with their family, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, maybe someone is really strong intellectually, but maybe weak emotionally or relationally, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, what are some of the typical responses that you see, and, and how can we begin to approach those biblically? Yeah, I, I think that I think that shame is a big, is, is probably the most common response. Yeah. Shame, guilt, um, kind of self-condemnation. Sure. Um, and and which always which always results in in hiding. Like mm, we we try yeah. to hide those yeah. things, and um, we don't we don't want those things to be exposed because we're afraid of what it will we're afraid of it will produce. Yeah. And and yet the biblical response to those things is to bring them before the Lord. In fact, James James five sixteen says. Uh, confess, confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another, so that you might be healed. The effective yeah. uh, prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yeah. Um, and 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 when we talk about like confession, when we talk about these things, I think that there's um, th- there's enough evidence in Scripture to say that confession has real value. Mm, um, yeah. And and yet and yet we have to like there's that. Can I trust? Can I trust people? Can I can I trust the Lord with this? Especially when you're when you're new in your faith, and and yet, I think that the big challenge to overcoming that is really learning to take God at His word, yeah. um, because His His word tells us that that if we would do those things, that He would that He would free us from those things, that He would set us that that He would set us on a new path, that mm-hmm. He would create new things in our life and um and and yet it is it's it's always a challenge because there's that when we look at those places of defilement like there's that there's that tendency always to say well let me fix this well if if i can fix this then i don't need jesus right you know and and that's the that's the self-reliance part Mm -hmm. and and unfortunately when when we are very self-successful in certain areas, I think those are the hardest areas to trust him. Sure. Um, and and yet, really, I think that more than anything, what they do is they, uh, we continue to build those areas because it, it takes the attention off of the areas that maybe we're not so strong. Um, and really learning to be, um, really learning what it means to be weak um, in his presence in order for him to be our strength. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me that word trust really hits the nail on the head because I think we have to really at times discipline ourselves to trust. And yeah. it seems so it seems so simple when you say it, you yeah. know, but at the same time it's like are we really going to trust God's way of doing things, whether yeah. it's confessing before him, whether it's confessing to another person, whether it's um, trusting that uh, God's processes is really the best way, and it's trusting that hey, if I ask for the Holy Spirit, God's going to give it to me. You know, yeah. um, you know, in the Bible, God talks about um, I will I will exchange their heart of stone for a heart of flesh. Yeah. And do I really trust that God can do that in my own life? Yeah. Um, and and I think that more often than not, if we really do discipline ourselves to hold to that process and really trust the Lord, God always shows himself faithful. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it, we shouldn't be surprised, but we are. It's like, oh, yeah, no, God really is going to do what he yeah. said he was going to do, and he is who he says he is, um, and there's nothing too great or too difficult for the Lord. Yeah. And um, But yeah, we do always kind of struggle with that that part yeah. of, of trusting. We want to, the temptation is always, how can I do this in my own efforts? Yeah. You know, and I think, again, you hit the, the nail on the head when you said, 
it kind of comes from this place of shame. We're, we're so yeah. afraid. And, and what did Adam and Eve do when they realized they hid, they, they hid and they covered up? Yeah. And that's so often our same response to shortcomings, whether it's, you know, sin or just, you know, failure for being from just being imperfect people. You know, yeah. it's we we want to we want to compensate. We want to cover up. We want to hide. So, yeah, that's good. Well, I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate you taking some time to just kind of dive into this. Uh, it's a great sermon. Again, if you haven't had a chance to listen to or watch uh, the sermon from Palm Sunday this year, you can do so right here on our YouTube channel. Um, thank you again for watching another episode of Monday Moments. Uh, please consider hitting the subscribe button. The like button always helps too. Uh, and if you got something out of this, you know, drop us a comment, send us a message. We always love hearing from you. Um, anytime the Lord is speaking to you, that's what we really hope to get out of content like this is to not only bring you, you know, new teaching, new understandings, but we just, we hope and pray that the Lord through the Holy Spirit speaks to you and brings about transformation in your life. So please let us know, share those with us. We like hearing those, those stories as always. So thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week. (laughs) 